Welcome in to Outkick the Show. I'm your fearless leader, Clay Travis. I hope all of you are having fantastic Wednesdays, wherever you may be. I'm looking forward to some college basketball tonight. I'll give you some picks here in a little bit. We got a lot to dive into. Michigan primary results. Uh, Bud Light, things are not going well for Bud Light, no matter how much they're spending in the Super Bowl. Uh, The Lake and Riley Awful story from the University of Georgia continues to play out. Mitch McConnell has stepped down at the age of 82, all that and more. Uh, but right off the top here, I want to tell you, Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, over 3 million members. Unlike other apps, Prize Picks, just you against the numbers, no sharks, no competitive leagues. All you do is pick more or less on two to six player stat projections. Boom. Watch the winnings roll in. I've got three picks for you that I'm going to give you about halfway through the show here uh, for tonight's college basketball action. Uh, And if we are right about all three, that will pay off at five to one. You can win up to 100 times your money uh, with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into $1,000. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of player sports stat types. What makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app? You're going to love it. Again, my picks coming a little bit later in the show. A little bit of a tease. Uh, the game between Auburn and Tennessee and the game between Texas A&M and South Carolina. Two different top 25 matchups in the SEC tonight. I will give you my picks. But in the meantime, download the Prize Picks app today. Use that code OUTKICK and you get $100. Not very often you can get it hooked up again. With the code OUTKICK, you get $100 on prize picks. They will match up to $100. You put in 10, they'll give you 10. 50, they'll give you 50. 100, they'll give you 100. All that coming your way. Five to one payout, hooking you up a little bit later with prize picks. Must be present in certain states and Canadian provinces. Void where prohibited. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Okay. Uh, Michigan primary. Donald Trump won massively over Nikki Haley. Joe Biden got into a battle with uncommitted voters. What do we take away from the Michigan primary race? There are three things that stood out to me that I think are of significance coming out of the Michigan primary race. One, Trump got more votes than Joe Biden did by a substantial number in Michigan in this primary. And I want to hit you with the data itself as we sit right now uh, because there's still some outstanding votes, but most of them are out. Trump got right at 757,000 votes. Uh, He's going to beat Nikki Haley by, according to this projection, around 44 percentage points. So it was a swamping of Nikki Haley. Joe Biden got... 618,000 votes, okay? Why does this matter? Because you could say, well, the Republican primary was a little bit more uh, of a challenge because Nikki Haley was running. It was a little bit more uncertain, although I would say both Democrats and Republicans in Michigan had a pretty good sense how this was going to play out. I went back and looked because I thought to myself, okay, Trump gets more votes in 2024 How does that compare to Trump in Michigan in 2016 and in 2020? In 2016, Trump was beaten by Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. 
both of those people got more votes than Trump. And that was in a competitive primary on both sides. Trump was still running against Ted Cruz, everybody else, uh, and Hillary and Bernie were still throwing punches at each other in 2016. Both Hillary and Bernie got more votes than Trump in a contested primary when Trump was running against Ted Cruz and others. In 2020, Trump was the incumbent. There was no competition on the Republican side. And Joe Biden, even in a contested primary, got substantially more votes in Michigan than Trump did. Trump went on to win Michigan in 2016 by around 11,000 votes. Based on the tally in 2020, Trump lost by 150,000 votes. But this is significant. In his entire political career, Trump never got more votes than the Democrats he was running against in 2016 or 2020. I think if the election was happening right now, Donald Trump would win Michigan. We just talked with Tudor Dixon about that. Uh, I think that she would agree. She just said Trump would win Michigan if this were happening right now. That's point one. Point two, Biden has a real issue here. And that issue is the identity politics coalition of the Democrat Party that Biden rode to victory in 2020 relies upon Donald Trump being an awful, evil, venal, Hitler-like in the position of Democrats candidate that they are running against, a pathetic white man who is responsible for everything evil that has ever happened in the history of the world. That is the characterization of Biden. That works in the identity politics-laden universe of Democrats because Trump is the great Satan. He is the unifier against which all of these different identity politics coalitions can combine and be allied against Trump. Here is the problem with that. And I think this is a big deal, and I'm not hearing enough people talk about it. With what is going on in Michigan, what is going on in Israel, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, the situation in Gaza, it pits two pillars of the Democrat Identity Politics Coalition, Jewish voters and Arab voters, head-to-head -head against each other. Both of these groups are overrepresented in the state of Michigan which has the largest Arab population in the country and simultaneously also has a very large Jewish population. Now, I know the state of Michigan decently. My wife is from there. I got married in Michigan. Of the states in which I have spent time, Michigan is at the top of the list now because I've been married for almost 20 years. Much of my wife's family is still back in Michigan. I've spent a lot of time uh, both in the Detroit area and the surrounding suburbs and also in the summer in what I think is the most underrated part of the entire country, northern Michigan, which is beautiful in the summer. Absolutely love it up there. I want to get a house uh, on a lake in Michigan that's next up. I got the beach house. I got the house here in Nashville that we're building. Next up is I'm going to get a lake house too. So, And then Laura, my wife, wants to get a ski lodge house too there's no telling how many homes I'm going to end up with. I'm going to be like Mitt Romney or Bernie Sanders before all is said and done uh, with four or five different houses all over the country. Reason why I bring up that identity politics coalition feuding against each other, it's a big deal. And it's a big deal because Biden is caught. He can't pick one side or the other 
without alienating the coalition that has been instrumental to winning him the White House in 2020. And a hundred over 100,000 Michigan Democrats went out and were willing to vote uncommitted to send a message to Joe Biden that they do not approve, particularly on the uh, side of Arab voters, with the way that he's handling this situation in Israel. So I think Michigan, I think Michigan might be the tipping point state in 2024. Now, we're still eight months away. Lots of things can happen throughout the spring and the summer and into the fall. But right now, I believe the data reflects that Trump would win Georgia, and I think Trump would win Arizona. If I'm right about that, by the way, he's also making a run in Nevada. There's data out that shows that he could steal a couple of electoral votes, maybe even win the state of Maine. But if I'm right about Georgia and Arizona, leaving aside Nevada, leaving aside Maine, leaving aside any other state where he may be able to make a run, if I'm right about that, then all he would need to do is win one of Wisconsin, Michigan, or Pennsylvania. And I actually think Michigan is breaking in Trump's way more so than Pennsylvania or Wisconsin are. Doesn't mean that Trump couldn't win all three of them. Just means that if you look at the uh, union, union voters like Trump, and if you look at the Jewish vote, and if you look at the Arab vote, and you look at the overall dynamics of Michigan, I think there's a very strong chance that Trump is going to win Michigan in 2024. And if the election had been yesterday, I think Trump would have won Michigan. And again, 757,000 Michigan Republicans showed up, 618,000 Michigan Democrats showed up. Figure that much of the Nikki Haley vote might have been Democrats, so she might get some of those. But also, a lot of those are disaffected Republicans who are going to pick Trump over Nikki Haley, or they're going to vote for third parties. This is a big deal. Point two, Joe Biden's identity politics coalition is significantly impacted in a big way uh, by what is going on there. Point three, Nikki Haley's done. Nikki Haley, and I don't know who the advisors were that convinced her to stay in the election, she is getting wiped off the board. It's going to be even more apparent six days from now when Super Tuesday happens. I'm going to be going to vote here in Nashville. I'll be going to make my vote uh, and my voice heard. I encourage all of you to go vote in whichever state primaries you are eligible to vote in. Many of you will be able to vote uh, on Tuesday of next week. Um, But... The polls are also fairly accurate. We've been talking a lot about polling, and when there is no voting, the polling data is actually useful. Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, now Michigan, all of them, even with the challenge of Nikki Haley and the fact that some people are going to show up and try to vote against Trump by voting for Nikki Haley, even with that in there as a challenge, the polling has been pretty accurate. So I don't think there is some massive amount of data that reflects that this is not actually accurate. It's going to be tight because we're talking about two and three points swinging one way or the other. 
But when I see polling that says Trump is leading in Arizona, Nevada, uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Georgia, Maine, when I see polling like that, the data from the primaries actually reflects that I think there is some substantial truth to that. I think it's worth paying attention. Those are the three things that I would point to uh, that stand out to me. Uh, all right. Uh, I told you that I would give you some picks. All right. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code OUTKICK right now. Uh, Zakai Ziegler. I'm going more on 21 and a half for points, rebounds, and assists for Zakai Ziegler tonight uh, against Auburn. Zakai Ziegler, point guard for Tennessee, best game of the night in college basketball, is Auburn at Tennessee. I think Zakai Ziegler is going to have a whale of a game. He's been playing fantastic. He can score, he can assist, and he can rebound, which is crazy because he's only five foot eight. I think he's going to go more on 21 and a half. You can go put in your pick at prizepicks.com slash outkick. Jonas Adu, stud, center for Tennessee. He has been on fire. I believe that he's going to have more than 13 and a half points. Those two. And then I'm adding a third player, Wade Taylor the fourth, Texas A&M at home, must win game for the Aggies against South Carolina. I think Wade Taylor the fourth goes off tonight and puts up more than 19 and a half points. So Wade Taylor the fourth, more than 19 and a half points. Jonas Adu, more than 13 and a half points. And Zakai Ziegler, more than 21 and a half on the points, rebounds, and assists. That's a combo number. Prizepicks.com. Use the code OUTKICK. You get $100 free if you put in up to $100. That's a pretty great deal. Just so you know, Auburn, Tennessee, relatively early, 7 o'clock Eastern tip. That's 6 o'clock Central. That's 5 o'clock Mountain. That's 4 o'clock on the West Coast. For the crew out there, put the picks up before tip. Also, South Carolina, Texas A&M, 8.30 Eastern tip. Uh, those are the biggest and best games, I think. Again, the best game tonight, Auburn, Tennessee. It's a 7 o'clock Eastern tip. I'm going to be sitting down uh, trying to eat something healthy uh, for that game tonight. So those are my prize picks. Picks, again, use the code OUTKICK, and you get $100 free. Must be present in certain states and Canadian provinces. Void where prohibited. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. A um, couple of other stories that are out there. Um, Mitch McConnell. Well, let me, still, let me go here first. Bud Light, disaster. Wall Street Journal has a story today. Newest data is out. Bud Light spent tens of millions of dollars during the NFL season and during the Super Bowl trying to convince people to go drink Bud Light again. It hasn't worked. And actually, the Bud Light uh, collapse in sales has now moved over to Budweiser. According to a Wall Street Journal article that I was reading this morning, Bud Light down 30% still in consumption, and now Budweiser is down 10-15% as well. 
this is it. Look, Bud Light has to come out and say, we screwed up. The brand is dead until they're willing to say, we shouldn't have been involved at all with trans influencers. We shouldn't have denigrated everybody who drank Bud Light. By the way, Coors Light's up, Miller Light's up. Just come out and say we blew it. I, I just, if I were running Bud Light, I would come to OutKick, and I don't even own OutKick anymore, and I would say, here's millions of dollars. We want to be the official beer of OutKick. We're admitting that we were wrong. And I'll say this, you know the first big advertiser that we ever got at OutKick nationally? Bud Light. All the way back in like 2014, Bud Light reached out to me and they said, we want to spend money with OutKick. We love what you're doing. And they spent, I think, $200,000 with me, which was the biggest ad sales we had ever had at that point in time. And I still thank them for being involved with us back then. But what does it say about the evolution of Bud Light's brand that a decade ago, when I didn't have very much money, they would come to me and say, Clay Travis, here's $200,000. We love everything that you're doing at OutKick. We want to be a part of what you're doing. We want to be the official beer of OutKick. In the space of a decade, they went from, we want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars with you. By the way, when OutKick was a pinprick as big as it is now, they wanted to be the official beer of OutKick to the point now where they're going out and their brand has collapsed because they're involved with chicks, in quotation marks, with dicks. I don't know. Who do you think the average beer drinker has more in common with? Clay Travis and OutKick or that ridiculous person pretending to be a chick? I can't even remember that person's name anymore. Who do you think the average beer drinker has more in common with? And they're trying to spend money with Peyton Manning and they're trying to spend money on the Super Bowl and be the official beer and everything else. The reality is it is a no-brainer. It is a no-brainer to me that they should just go in and start buying every ad that they can on places where men like sports, like girls, and like football. But until they do that, I don't think this brand is ever coming back. And that's what the data reflects. Again, Wall Street Journal story, uh, down 30% in volume off last year. Um, Mitch McConnell has stepped down at the age of 82. He announces he's no longer going to be the Senate Majority Leader. I give him credit for acknowledging that he's too old to be doing the job. And people get fired up when I talk about this. Um, but let me give you the data. I put up a poll today, uh, and I just said, you have to be 35 years old to be president, 26 years old to be elected to the House of Representatives, 30 years old to be elected to the Senate, 35 years old to be elected to uh, President of the United States. We have minimum age requirements constitutionally in place. There is no maximum age requirement. My opinion, people who are old get mad at me every time I see this. I get angry emails. People are like, oh, Clay, why would you? Um, 
my position is I wish we had an upper age limit to be president of the United States. You can't fly an airplane after the age of 65. And I'm not taking shots at anybody, although Joe Biden is the most dementia-riddled president I believe we've ever had. But I think a 35 to 65-year-old window, personally, is plenty of time to allow us to elect a president. And honestly, I would rather there be a 30-year-old president or a 25-year-old president, if we elected them, then I would there be an 80-year-old president. I bet most of you would agree. I was reading a story in the Wall Street Journal a few months ago. I think I referenced it on this show. It said that the peak judgment age, when most people's judgment peaks, on average, is 57 years old. 57. Because what they find is at 57, you have enough experience and wisdom that you have learned enough to be able to be having better decision making, but you haven't aged enough where your mental faculties have declined. Younger people, there's no doubt, their brains flash faster. They process information more rapidly. And everybody out there always wants to send me an email. I'm 75 and I could do more push-ups than you. Or I'm 80 and I'm way smarter than you. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. There are exceptions to rules. But we have a lower age limit in the Constitution. And that was because people were worried, our founders, about having dynasties, about somebody making their son, much like happened with kings back in the day, that somebody in a position of power would not run and they would run their 16-year-old son instead. And then you end up with a basically regency where someone is the president, but we all know who the actual president is. So I understand why there's a lower level age limit. I'd rather have an upper level age limit. Also, the reality is I don't think most of our founding fathers ever thought we would be in a situation where an 82-year-old would be running against a 77-year-old because most people didn't live to those ages back then. So I don't think they worried about the upper age limit in the same way. At the time of the Constitution, I don't know, what was the average average age of, uh, of, of longevity? 55, 58? I would bet if it was that high, uh, that's about how long people lived. So I don't think they ever thought, oh, we're going to have an 82-year-old president running against a 77-year-old. And again, Trump is infinitely, I believe, based on face-to-face interaction, more in control of his faculties than 82-year-old Joe Biden. But if a major airline won't allow you to fly an airplane after the age of 65, why would we effectively let an 80-plus-year-old have the controls of an airplane on a metaphorical basis, that is the United States? I think it's a really good question. And I'll leave you with this thought on my support for younger people being in positions of prominence as opposed to people over the age of 80 like Mitch McConnell who frees up and everything else. I'll leave you with this thought. What would you think if you walked onto an airplane and Joe Biden was the pilot in charge of your airplane. Would you even want to take off? I just mean somebody who looks and walks and talks like Joe Biden. 
the exact same physical and mental capability, if he was standing there right in front of the cockpit as you walked on, how many of you would be like, yep, turning around, not getting on this airplane? I think a lot of you. Finally, look, you guys know I wore my uh, Athens shirt yesterday or the day before because of the awful tragedy that occurred in Athens with Lake and Riley, a 22-year-old who was brutally murdered uh, during the um, – uh, during a jog that she took uh, on the campus. It was the first murder, I believe, that's taken place off of the University of Georgia's campus in 30 years. Um, I'm a huge proponent of legal immigration. That is, you go back and read and look at everything that I've said for decades now, public life. I think we should bring in as many brilliant immigrants legally from around the world as we possibly can. The analogy that I use is we should go get the NBA lottery picks of the rest of the world. You're brilliant. You live in Nigeria. You want to come to the United States. I want you here. You're brilliant. You live in Hong Kong and you want to come to the United States. I want you here. You're brilliant uh, and you live in Venezuela and you want to come to the United States. Legally, I want you here. I want as much talent job creation, intellectually dynamic individuals as we can possibly find. But I want it done legally. We cannot have a wide open southern border with illegals flooding across, and we cannot find ourselves in a position where anyone is dying because of the actions of an illegal immigrant, like happened with Lake and Riley. Um, some people will say, well, immigrants commit lower crime rates than Americans. Okay, I wish the American crime rate were lower. But I don't want a lower illegal crime rate. I want a zero illegal crime rate. I don't want anyone who is here illegally engaging in violent behavior. To me, it is a failure of American politics that any illegal would make it into this country and that anyone like Lake and Riley would be a victim of an illegal alien because that person should have never been here. It's true. We have way too high of a murder rate in the United States. White, black, Asian, Hispanic, I wish we had infinitely lower rates of murder. But my goodness, saying like the Athens mayor did, oh, well, this is a function of Donald Trump or trying to make blames or I'm not going to take any responsibility for this based on the sanctuary city law. No. I believe Lake and Riley, the data reflects, would still be alive if Donald Trump were president of the United States. I've got three boys. I can only imagine what Lake and Riley's family is going through. Any child being the victim of a violent act is gut-wrenching for any parent. But when that occurs and is committed by someone who should have never been in the United States of America, someone who has already been arrested and let out of jail before immigration, customs, and enforcement can get there and deport them, that is, in my opinion, a complete 
failure of the most significant job that any of our politicians have in America today, which is protecting the safety of our citizens. Uh, I love all of you. Enjoy the games tonight. Auburn against Tennessee. Uh, I'm on more for Zakai Ziegler when it comes to points, rebounds, and assists. Jonas Adu, I'm on more when it comes to total points. Uh, and Wade Taylor, the fourth, I'm on more as well. If all three of those hit, we will get a five-to-one payout. Go to prizepicks.com right now. $100 you deposit. They'll give you $100. Fantastic offer. This has been OutKick, the show.